And all grace, mercy, and peace come to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, we don't really encounter ashes much in society anymore. You think about that for a moment. Was I don't know, how was it, 10, 15 years ago when we stopped seeing cigarette ads? We stopped hearing about tobacco. You look around today, you don't see a whole lot of people smoking. There are some, but a lot of people vape and smoke, and there's not a lot of ashes left over from that stuff anymore. It's been removed from our view. Why? Because ashes are unsightly. At one time, there was ashtrays everywhere in society, in restaurants and everywhere else, and now you don't even see them. And I expect that we all have a, to deal with ashes only if we maybe have a wood-burning fireplace anymore, or if you're like me, a charcoal grill. <laughs> but honestly, those have been replaced by gas-burning fireplaces and propane grills anymore. But one day each year, we encounter ashes as Christians. We engage them up close, personal. We don ashes on our faces, on our foreheads. They're a visible mark that shows what? Have we ever stopped to consider it, or is it just a rite of passage in time in our church year? That day that we celebrate these ashes on our forehead is today, Ash Wednesday. And no, it's not just something we show up for and get and then wash off in a few days. Yes, it will disappear. But lest we understand what the ashes mark and represent, then they really have no meaning. So why do we live with ashes? You know, Christians have imposed ashes on themselves for centuries as a gesture of humility, repentance. We even read about them in the Bible. For instance, Job abased himself and repented in dust and ashes. Daniel? Daniel pled with God in prayer, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. We're told in the book of Esther that the entire Jewish people fasted and wore ashes in their time. The prophets of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, they summoned their hearers. They called them to repent with ashes. Jeremiah calls out, O oh, my people, put on sackcloth and roll in ashes. And Christ himself, Christ himself refers to repentance with sackcloth and ashes. And all of these are what? They're biblical references that associate the sign of ashes with that, with repentance. So on this Ash Wednesday, the solemn penitential day, ashes remind us then of what? The need for repentance. But not just the need for repentance. We don't just repent. What do we receive in return? Mercy. And therefore, you could say that we get mercy in the ashes or out of the ashes. So first of all, to get down, think about these things. What does it mean to be in the ash, to roll in the ashes? It's humility. It's humbling ourselves to be in the low, to crawl low before the Lord, to repent. It's a stance of humility. And ashes are what? They're dirty. Ashes, then, are filthy. They represent the filth of our sin before the Lord. And then third, ashes represent death. God condemns sinners to death by saying, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. 
the words ashes to ashes, dust to dust, we hear that quite often at memorials, at funerals, when we're interring the ashes or burying the body. And so when we repent, we confess what? That we deserve death for our transgressions. It's kind of solemn when you stop to think about it, all this talk about death, the need for forgiveness. But what good would the cross be? Why do we need it if we don't, if we're not broken people? So why should we repent? The biblical context for today's sermon tells us why. Joel chapter 2. I'll read it again. Yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Two times in this text, the Lord calls us to return. Return to me all your heart, and return to the Lord. And what's that word return translate to? It translates to repent. That's what it means to repent before the Lord, to turn back to Him, to do 180 degrees from those things that are causing us to be broken from Him. And the call to turn to turn to repent is addressed not to pagan people, it's addressed to God's people. So why do we need to turn? Why should we turn? Why should we repent? We said it already. We're sinful people. We're continually sinning. And our epistle lesson this evening makes that abundantly clear. It says, if we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. I once knew a man where I worked my full-time job who used to half-heartedly joke, but he said this was the prayer he would say every day. He would say, Lord, today I haven't lied. I haven't gossiped. I haven't been unkind, and I haven't lost my temper. I haven't had an impure thought or a selfish motive. But I haven't gotten out of bed yet either. And I kind of chuckled by that, but he had a lot. There's a lot of truth in that meaning, right? There's a lot that happens when we get out of bed and we put our clothes on and we go about our daily lives. And I hate to say it, but sometimes we sin even when we're still in the bed. And this is why we need to turn back to him. It won't be long after rising from sleep that we will commit our first sins. We're also quickly dirtied by the sin that encounters us every day. And the mark of sin is constantly on us. That means that the penalty of death is always at our heels. And so the first reason we repent is because we're filthy. The second reason is because God is merciful. Verse 13 of our text states, Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and He relents over disaster. We repent in order to get God's mercy, the mercy He so desires for each and every one of us. And this Lenten series revolves around that theme, that theme of divine mercy. It's a season when we take a look at our own lives. We reflect upon how God's been merciful to us in the past, but how we constantly need to turn back to Him and be renewed again and again daily in that mercy. Jesus came to this sin-filled world and and took that filth upon Himself. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that God made Christ to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. 
Jesus suffered and died that penalty for our sin. He lay in the dust and in the ashes of death for all of us so that we could be forgiven. And some, sometimes I stop and I think about that as I look up at that cross or as I look at, in, in the house, you know, in the mirror and I see that cross upon my head. And I think, how could you do that for me? Why would you do that for me? And that's something we can't answer. But that's a part of mercy. It's a part of forgiveness. It's a part of God's grace. God promises that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. This is why the imposition of ashes today is made in the sign of the cross. The pastor places the ashes on our forehead with a horizontal and a vertical stroke. Now think about that. God coming together with us. Forming this cross. And He declares that we've been forgiven in Christ crucified. It also attests the mercy of God. We are marked with the sign of the cross to remind us of that mercy. Yeah, we got the ashes that remind us of our sin. But that cross reminds us of the mercy. So we repent. We repent today on Ash Wednesday. And we repent for the next 40 days. But we're supposed to repent every day of our lives. Not just a seasonal thing. Not just one day marked in our calendar through the year. The first Wednesday in, in Lent. We do this in the view of God's mercy as repentance and the forgiveness of the sin become a permanent mark in our lives. So it reminds me of a story that a classmate of mine who runs uh, some rural parishes in, in Minnesota told me that he had this elderly pastor one time when he was growing up that, you know, he used to tell him, Mark, every Palm Sunday when everybody's done with their palms, I take the palms and I go home and I burn them and I ground them down to ash and I save them for next Lent season for Ash Wednesday. Well, there was this one particular Lenten season where the pastor forgot to do it. And it was the day before, and he was scrambling around trying to figure out what he was going to do. So we went back in the, in, the, in the back 40, as it was called, back to the woodshed and the brush pile, and he pulled out the old Christmas tree that was all dried up. And he trimmed the branches off, and he ground it down, and he burned it up, and he made ashes of it and thought, what a perfect sub substitute. Everybody came in that night, placed the sign of the cross on them, and Ash Wednesday came and went. About three days later, he got a call from one of his parishioners who was quite irate because, Pastor, I can't get the mark of this cross off of my forehead. So he thought, well, what did I do? So he went in and tried to get his off because it was still there too and it wouldn't come off. Finally, it took a couple of weeks and multiple face washings and the, and the cross disappeared. Well, then the pastor discovered what had happened. They had put a dye in the Christmas tree in the water of the Christmas tree. The tree absorbed it, and when he ground it down to ashes, it was still there in the ashes, and therefore it left an indelible mark on everybody's forehead. Apparently, uh, they weren't too pleased with that. Um, but my, my buddy tells me this story, and he says, you know, there is a lesson that can be taken from this. And this is what he said. He said, the unintended but important message arises that arose from this incident was that repentance is not a one-off. It's not a one-day event. It's pretty poignant. It's to be a permanent mark in our lives. In the cross, the symbol of God's mercy is to be visible in our lives at all times. 
So on this Ash Wednesday, in this Lenten season, and in every day, I pray that repentance be a permanent mark in our lives, that we make it a habit, that we don't do it just out of ritual, but we do it because we desire God's mercy. Only then will we learn what it means to live a penitential life in view of God's mercy. And to God be all the glory. Amen.